If you want to get into a leadership role, it is essential for you to master communication. Your tech stack doesn't matter as much as it used to in the sense that now you have to learn how to communicate and prioritize and sell. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. More and more professionals are seeing the value of working with public speaking and communication consultants. Our next guest is our neighbor from up north. We're so excited to share notes together to learn from others who are doing what we want to see from professionals around the world. We're excited for you. If you're listening to the podcast today and you are an executive, you're a C-suite member because you're getting a lot from our next guest. Our next guest is Brandon Kumarasamy and he's a public speaking coach and the founder of MasterTalk where he coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become the top 1% communicators within their industry. He has a popular YouTube channel called MasterTalk with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for professionals around the world. We've invited Brandon onto the program to further emphasize this point. We're not making this up. You will increase your value, your influence, if you work with true professionals that can help you harness the power of your voice. He's here to share some communication tips, experiences that he's had working with experts and leaders around the world. Brandon, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. Hey, the pleasure is mine, David and Dan. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be here. This is Danny, and from time to time, between David and myself, we'll let our audience know who's speaking. Can become confusing at times because we do sound alike. So, Brandon, what led you to begin Master Talk, and what's your story? Yeah, absolutely, brother. So, so when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So all the guys my age were playing rugby or football or baseball, probably something you wouldn't see me playing. I did professional sports for nerds, which was presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But the goal was never to be a coach or a business owner, yet alone an entrepreneur. The goal was really to get a job in corporate America or Canada in my case. So I did these competitions to get a great job at IBM. But as I was growing older, I started coaching the younger students in university on how to communicate ideas. And then after years of doing that, I realized that everything that I had in my mind wasn't really available for free on the internet, specifically on YouTube, because I realized that a lot of the information just wasn't there. So I just started making YouTube videos on the subject, then it later turned into a business. This is Danny, and I'm so happy to hear that. You had made something exciting for nerds. I love that. And, you know, not every one of us could be like David and play collegiate sports, right? My brother played collegiate tennis and I was an engineering and uh, physics double major. This would have been exciting for me. I would have loved this. And at the same time, 
what Dave and I do every day outside of just leading our businesses, we do help technical nerds, business leaders in the IT space become better speakers. And I think this would be perfect for them as well. So storytelling is a key skill for pu in public speaking. How can leaders best use storytelling to advance their platform? Yeah, absolutely, Danny. So, so the way that I think about storytelling, I have a bit more of a different approach than most uh, in the industry. And the approach is this, don't focus on in the beginning. I know that sounds really counterintuitive. So let me explain what I mean here. Also, I'll start to get riots and, and people throwing papers at me. So here's the way I think about it. Communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, right? One of those balls is eye contact. Another one is smiling. Another one is filler words, so on and so forth. But I think the mistake that most of us make is we try and juggle all 18 balls at the same time, which I think is wrong. Whereas instead, what I recommend is let's juggle one ball at a time. Let me give an example. Let's say we have an amazing story, but our communication skills aren't mastered. We don't have the foundation. It would sound something like this. Um, hi, uh, so once upon a time, uh, there was this thing. Right, so notice how if you don't have the basic filler words you know, out, if you don't have the smiling sorted out, the eye contact, you can't really move on to ball number 15. So let's say storytelling isn't important, but I would say it's a game of prioritization. I'd recommend to start with something like the random word exercise, which is a simple exercise I teach people where you pick a random word like phone, like wall, like headset, and you create random presentations out of thin air and you build up your expertise over time. I love that. This is David. And Brandon, I'm really intrigued because what you're doing is helping professionals increase their confidence, their ability to deliver whatever their stage might be. And they could be leading teams. They could be speaking at a board, before board of directors. They could be meeting with potential clients and prospects. You're teaching them how to be able to develop their confidence from every area. I don't personally know how to juggle. I know my twin does. People will say, well, can't you do what your brother does? You both are genetically the same. No, I cannot. We have different gift sets. And he can actually juggle many, many balls in the air. I cannot. And I love how you said, let's focus on one thing at a time. This actually will help build confidence. But I've got to ask from this perspective, as a business owner, as a company, when they're looking at their staff and developing their leaders, what are some of the challenges that you've seen business professionals will face when it comes to, uh oh, yes, let's talk about it, investing in public speaking and coaching? What are the challenges out there, the barriers that people say, well, I don't know, Brandon, if I can afford that, or I don't know, Brandon, if that's really necessary. What are you hearing, and why should there be a shift and leaders say, I need someone like you? Absolutely, David. It's a great question. So here's the way I think about this. It's a spectrum, right? And, and what I always like to tell people, I got this from Rory Veen, and there's kind of two levers in life that helps accelerate our dreams forward. One of those levers is time, and one of those levers is money, right, as the two big ones. So time and money. And what we need to keep in mind here is money helps us speed up time. So if we invest into somebody, it helps us accelerate those goals. So what I always think about when it comes to communication coaching as a service is it's always different seasons for different people. So if I'm talking to like a student or somebody who's just getting a job out of corporate and they just got started and they got a little bit of student debt, I would say, don't worry about it. You know, start focusing on doing Toastmasters, like a hundred bucks a year. Just do it, you know, a little bit, practice, can watch my videos, watch David's podcast, see what, what uh, Danny, David and Danny are up to and just, you know, learn it. But at some point in your career, your money becomes less valuable than your time. So I'll give you an example. When you become, let's say a manager in IT, right? You guys use that example. 
where, you know, this person is may probably making 90, 100, probably $100,000 or more a year. Well, at this point, you know, your time is really valuable. So you don't want to waste that time trying to spin a hamster wheel and figuring this out. You'll actually save more time and more money by just investing in someone else and getting the result. And that's why I've seen that the people who realize that dichotomy between the two are often the ones that decide to invest in themselves. But I think that the key is really education. Like I'm a great example too, guys. Like the reason I was able to get all this, I mean, relative success, I got a lot more to go, right? For my relative ages, I invest a lot in coaches too, so that I can speed up the time in my businesses and all the other things in my life and get the results quickly. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is David, and, and I appreciate you saying that this aspect of investing can shorten that runway. It's speeding up your ability to, let's say, take on responsibilities, to take on new ventures. It's helping you to leverage your platform to be able to get that raise and promotion, to be that what we call subject matter expert. You, you've got to look at it in a different way. Like you said, it's a different lens. When you're young, you're trying to figure it out. Okay, grab, figure it out on your own. You can grab. But when you get to a point, you realize it's going to help me to grow. It's going to help me to accelerate my career. Then it makes sense to invest in this type of leadership coaching and this type of public speaking coaching. Um, Brandon, I want to ask you a little bit more about practice. We hear practice, we understand the value of practice. And if you're competing, you know what that means. You're an athlete and you put all these hours of practice for 10 second, let's say race. You put in all these hours of practice only for one concert. You put in all these hours of practice for one show if you're a ballerina or an actress. But think about practice for professionals. Why is it important professionals get practice or at least put practice in their, their regimen for successful outcomes in speaking. 
Absolutely, David. You know, the way I think about this, you two, is when we when we want to get better at something, we need to practice consistently because that which we practice consistently is where we get consistent results, right? In any area of our life, whether it's working out, whether it's communication, whether it's any skill that we take on. So the key to practice is practicing in the right way. So what does that mean? A couple of things. The first one that I always recommend is let's say there's a presentation coming up, guys. In that situation, I recommend something like the jigsaw puzzle method. So the jigsaw puzzle method is really simple. I mean, we've all done jigsaw puzzles as kids. You know, those little toys that we used to use as kids. So whenever we're working on a jigsaw puzzle, we tend to start with the edge pieces first, the corner pieces first. And the reason is because they're just easier to find in the box. You take the outline, you work your way into the middle. But we don't really do that in communication. In communication, often we have a presentation. We just shove a bunch of content down the middle. And then we ramble throughout the whole thing. And the last slide sounds something like this. Uh, yeah, um, so thanks. Not the best way to practice. So what do we mean by practice? Here? We mean practice in the right way. So the next time you have a presentation, practice just the introduction 30 times, 20 times, 40 times. Seems like a big number, but it won't take you that long to get all of that done. Same thing with the conclusion. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. Same thing with the close and then tackle the middle. This is Danny. I want to carry on a little bit more about that because I love that. Uh, it just reminded me of uh, Alan Arverson during an interview. He said, practice? Practice? We're talking about practice? Anyways, for our audience members out there who do love sports, that'll, that'll make sense to you. But in addition to preparation and practice, what are some of your tips for our tech professionals and non-tech professionals who are presenting before board of directors or presenting before other C-suite members? Uh, we're talking about pre presenting up. What are some of your tips for that? 100%. So let's, let's establish the burning platform first. So here's, here's what I would say to technology professionals. If you want to get into a leadership role, it is essential for you to master communication. Because for most of a tech professional's career, as I'm sure both of you talk at length on this podcast, you get rewarded for contributing as an individual, coding, creating more information, getting a deliverable done. But as you get promoted and you jump into management roles, you're not coding anymore. You're spending most of your time managing other corner coders. You're spending a lot of time communicating you're spending a lot more time interviewing other people into roles. So what does that mean? That means understanding the following. Your tech stack doesn't matter as much as it used to in the sense that now you have to learn how to communicate and prioritize and sell the feature sets that you want your team to actually work on and deliver to a steering committee, to a C-suite board. You don't just have to talk about the technical piece anymore. You actually have to have the business case around that technical piece, or else you won't actually be able to sell the solution and move your way up in the corporate ladder. And that's why it's so important for technology professionals to really think about this. This is Danny again. And I want to ask a, I, I like that. And I love that because it just makes it simple. And but you know what? Despite all of those great kind of words of wisdom right there, people still struggle with anxiety. They're still going to have these issues. And how do you help these individuals overcome that anxiety that they're having? Because they, they may have everything perfect. They may have the backgrounds. They may have slides that insinuate uh, what they're saying, validates what they're saying, what they're doing. They may have everything perfectly lined up. But you know what? They still have this anxiety issue. What, what, are, you, what are your tips from that? 
Absolutely. And I, I, honestly, I'd love your tips as well. I'm sure I'm sure you both have a lot of great info on this too. Uh, you know what I would say, my perspective, I'm more of a tough love kind of guy. You know, for me, it's more if you do the harder thing outside of the boardroom, the boardroom becomes a joke. That's my perspective always. So what I always think about you two is let's do the random word exercise a hundred times, especially with the tech professionals. I always tell them, what percentage of your industry is willing to do the random word exercise once in their life? They might say something like, I don't know, 25%, Brendan. I say, okay, what about 10 times in their life? Oh, maybe 10%. What about 100 times in their life? Well, I can't really think of anyone, Brendan. What about 200 times, 300 times? I, I can't think of anyone, Brendan. And that's the point. Why don't you be that person? Because if you're the person who spends 200 minutes, not out of your day, not out of your week, not out of your month, but out of your life to do the random word exercise as many times, eventually it creates this internal confidence, this knowing that when you go into a boardroom and you look at everyone in that boardroom, you look at your, your steering committee and your senior vice president, you go, well, that guy hasn't done the random word exercise 300 times. I talked about mangoes yesterday. This guy hasn't got anything on me. And that confidence cannot be bought. It can only be earned through repetition. So that would be the first step is realizing that we need to make the boardroom or outside of the boardroom harder so that internally, when they go back to their subject matter expertise, it becomes really easy for them to navigate through. This is David, Brandon. I appreciate you sharing that. And I love how just the practice of putting yourself in a position where you might be uncomfortable, but you're learning to grasp the concepts of speaking. You're learning to influence. You're learning to be able to fluctuate or we call vocal variety. You're learning to be able to say, what's my intro? What's the close? What's the meat or the crux of the message? And it doesn't matter what the topic is. You're learning to grasp that stage. And then when you get to the point where you say, wait a second, what do I know very well? What, what's my job? What am I passionate about? Then it becomes that much easier. That builds their confidence. And that does help with speaking anxiety. Some of the things that Dan and I do talk about, and we've actually mentioned this in our book, is learning to breathe, learning to manage your breathing. And implementing the right type of breathing techniques can help calm the nerves. It actually helps to bring down that anxiety. And even the aspect of what we call visualization. When you're taking the time to visualize success, when you're thinking through every moment of your presentation, how you're going to respond, how you're going to react, how your audience is going to react, this also helps what we call calming of the nerves as well. And so there are many techniques, but as you know, probably more than most, every client's going to be a little different. And when you get to understand your client, you're going to know if they're driven by performance, if they're driven in certain, or certain ways, and that's going to help you master those areas of what we call anxiety, because it happens for all of us. Anybody that tells you, if you're listening to this program, anybody that tells you, well, Dave, I never get nervous. I'm trying to tell you this. That's not true. We all get nervous of something. The first time you ask your wife or then hope girlfriend on a date, the first time you went to apply for that job and you had that interview, we all get nervous. The first time you decide to just jump out of a plane and, and literally for the first time, you're going to say, oh, I'm not nervous. No, but you need a guide. You're going to jump out of the plane. We all get nervous. It's about how you manage those nerves. And I believe that for the most successful leaders out there, you've learned to master that or you've learned to compensate for the challenges that's what you do. I've got to throw out a different question. This is interesting because of what happened to the world with this pandemic. And because of that, we've seen more people using virtual platforms. 
So in your experience with coaching leaders, how much of a difference is it for coaching them to speak virtually or coaching them to speak in person? Absolutely. Great question. So there's three key differences between the online world and the in-person world as I see it. The first one is eye contact. So when we're in an in-person setting, let's say we all did this in person, you're moving your head to look at different people's eyes. You're navigating your body towards the people that you're speaking to. Whereas in an online presentation, you don't really have that problem because whether you're speaking to one person or 10,000, you just have to look in one area and that area is the camera lens. So what you want to do is you actually want to have some strategy so you're always looking at the lens. So what does that mean? That means putting a post-it note. I like the sarcastic one, which is an arrow and that says, look here or else. That's a fun one. Another one is you can put like a member of your family that you really love or maybe the whole family. If you love the whole family, you can, you can pick and choose your favorite food. So that way you're always looking at the lens. That's number one. Number two is, thank you, is energy. Let's face it, we already have a lot of energy. It's because, I mean, we're all super well-trained on communication, clearly. But even in person, it still doesn't beat that, that connection. It's even more fire. It's even more energy. And what I always tell people is the energy that we have in person is the exact same energy we need to try and bring into the online world. So what does that mean? That means get better at being more energetic in person and bring more of that energy back into the virtual world. And that's why a lot of my perspective has changed whenever I started doing interviews and, and having conversations online is my mindset shifted from, oh, I don't know these people to, wow, I've known these people for years. It's as if I've known David and Danny for years. And that's the way that I'm talking to you too in the same way you're talking to me. So that's the second piece is bring more energy. Third difference, the final difference that I've seen is audience accessibility. So audience accessibility simply means this. If we're all giving a presentation together and I want both of your input and your feedback, I just I could just get lunch with you right after. Hey, David, Danny, can we just get lunch? I'd love to get your, your input on this. But the friction is too high in the online space. So you need to force those interactions. Get on a phone call with them. Get on a Zoom call and ideally bring those relationships offline so you can get the best possible feedback for your presentations and your ideas. This is Danny, and I think that's some great uh, words of wisdom right there. There is a big difference between virtual and in-person. I was actually teaching a class this week, uh, Accenture, uh, contracted with Accenture. We're teaching uh, a big OEM, and they're, they're what we call partner development managers and, and sales leaders in the field. And I would tell you that speaking and training people virtually, 100% different than in-person. You said it right. When I'm in person, I'm walking around, I can walk in around the audience. I can actually look in the general direction. And the person who's sitting there, because I'm looking at direction, thinks I'm looking at them. And so they're paying extra attention. When in reality, I'm just looking in that direction. You can't do that. As you said, I love the sticky note idea. Yeah. Uh, that is so funny, but it's so true. Um, one of the things I would like to ask you, and I, I'd make sure that all of our audience members know this as well, is you want to work with clients that you like. You want to work with clients that you're comfortable with. And we always tell them, try to find this specific type of client because it'll make your life so much easier. What is your ideal client? Because David personally loves introverts. David loves working with people who are introverts. I love working with people who are have the right mindset, right? They could be as technical as I don't know what, but they could be technical. They could be non-technical. It doesn't really matter. I just like working with people who have the right mindset, which is, look, I need your help. 
and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. But what about you? What type of clients do you like working with? What is your favorite type of client? Yeah, you know, Danny, and I'm sure you two have felt this as well. It's very fascinating communication coaching because people tell you to niche down, but in our industry it doesn't work as well because communication attracts a wide group. Like you get a very mixed bag. And I mean, my clients in the same way yours are is very different. Like definitely there's tech professionals for sure. That's a pretty big percentage for us too. But the other piece, I mean, we got doctors, we got CEOs, you got PhD students, scientists, like it's a, it's a whole bag of different things. But I would say the one trait that for me, my ideal client has is they're winners. Like they've already won in other areas of life and they're hungry. Like they really want the result. Like for me, like I think what I, you know, when I was younger and I still am young, but when I was younger, I was like, oh yeah, I just want to coach CEOs. But now my, my perspective has changed a lot. Now it's really, I don't even care. Like if it's a janitor, but that janitor really wants to win, I'd rather have that because I've had experience of coaching, you know, I'm sure, as I'm sure you two have CEOs or yeah, sure, big shots, but don't take the program seriously, the results seriously. So that's, that's what I found is really the people who want it the most. Those are the people I want to pour into. My whole program is designed in a way that the people who are the most hardworking get the, get the best results in the most time with me. Brandon, this is David, and it's true. It's what you get is what you put in. And you want to work with people that are coachable. You want to work with people that say, look, I, I want to see what you're seeing in my skill set. I might be missing something. That's why I need you here. I want to be able to bring someone like you on my team. Therefore, I'm going to go after it. And I think that's so important. For our listening audience out there, if you love what we're doing, you love the content, you love the people we bring on, that's what makes this show what it is. Make sure you subscribe to our program. Reach out to us. We want to get you connected with great leaders like Brandon. Now, he is up north. We talked about this. He's a Canadian. He's up there in Montreal. Uh, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts with working with speakers that have strong accents? Perhaps they're there are people that don't necessarily look at English as their first language. My twin brother actually has uh, an employee out of Montreal, Canada. His office oh, at right. one time was out of Canada. And so, yeah, some of his clients, some of his coworkers were, um, employees were more French in terms of their first language and not necessarily English. But talk about your work with professionals that might have stronger accents or who are looking to be able to elevate their speaking skills in English. Absolutely. That's a great question. And, and I always like to start with empathy. You know, for me, I, I can definitely relate. I mean, I spoke French my whole life and I didn't know the language. That, that's what happened. As you both know, Montreal is a, is a city where you need to know the language. But I didn't know it. So my parents said, OK, but you got it. So I studied in this language. So every time I was presenting, not only was I uncomfortable with presentations, I also didn't know what to say or what anything meant. So definitely can relate. So a couple of things that I would say. The first thing is understanding what is the difference in a first and a second language. So for me, it comes down to two key things, culture and vocabulary. Definitely not intelligence. A lot of people tend to think it's intelligence, but it's really culture and vocabulary. The reason we're so good at our first language is because of the vocabulary and the culture that we're immersed in. Whereas when we go to our second language, where most of people's second language is English, we don't have the culture that comes with it. So when we have a nice quote in like Spanish or a nice quote in French or some language, it doesn't translate as well, right? Kind of like have your cake and you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like that just doesn't work in any other languages, right? It's just like, okay, what? Am I supposed to eat a cake and then have it? Like it doesn't make sense. 
right? So, so this is where people struggle. So what do we do about this? I call it my, my three steps to speaking in a second language. Number one, whenever you have a presentation, write it in your first language. So, because you know the culture, you know the vocabulary, all the words come easy to you. Do the easy thing. I'm big on doing the easy thing. That's the first piece. The second piece is translate that script into the language that you need to speak it in, which is often English. And then the third piece is do what I call a vocabulary test, which is where you present the presentation that your keynote to people whose native language is English. And they don't have to be coaches either, just people in general, where they listen to and they go, uh, Brendan, this actually doesn't really make sense in English. You have to change this and change that. And that's the strategy. In terms of the accent piece, what I would say, David and Danny, is for me, I take it very differently. You know, I know there's accent coaches and all the, the, that good stuff, but I would say for me, accent is mostly a mindset. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people are very successful and have very thick accents. And I'm sure you've named a bunch of them in the podcast. Jack Ma, right? The founder of Alibaba. Like, yeah, he has a thick accent and nobody cares because he's a billionaire, right? Aravind Krishna, right? The CEO of IBM, right? Okay, yeah, but he's the CEO of IBM. So I think for me, yes, would accent work help? Sure. But I think the biggest thing, and I'm sure you two say the same thing, is accent is really mindset. If you're a great speaker and you sound great and you have a thick accent, but you don't feel like you care, your audience won't care either. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K. I-E-W-I-C-Z dot com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Brandon, this is Dave, and I love how you said that you can't look at it from the perspective of, I don't speak English as my first language, so I can't be a great or effective speaker. No, it's your mindset. What was interesting for me and my history work with professionals that have, let's say, English as not their first language, they'll say, well, I, I tend to think in my native tongue. So when I'm writing things or when I'm speaking, I still try to think of my native tongue. And the ones that have had the easier transition to becoming more successful on stage have learned to try to think in the tongue that they're going to be speaking in. So instead of saying, I'm going to be thinking in Korean and I'm doing an English pres a presentation in English, they're trying to learn to think in English 
as they're doing the presentation in English. And that kind of tends to help a little bit. So I'm glad you pointed that out, that it's a mindset. And I have to say, I've been guilty of saying, if you want, I will coach you on XYZ, but I do have a partner that does more on the accent training. And now I'm like being challenged. Brandon's like, Dave, you got to focus on their mindset. So I, I accept that challenge. I love it. Uh, Brandon, I, I want to ask you about something that's interesting. And, and what I love is your ability to approach social media as a professional, specifically on YouTube. You've used YouTube to highlight your creativity. You use YouTube to show that this world's second largest search engine can be a great platform to find clients, to put your message out there. So how have you been able to make the most out of YouTube and other social media platforms like Instagram and Clubhouse? Yeah, absolutely, you guys. Th thanks for the kind words as well. You know what I would say is media is, is a skill in and of its own in the sense that we need to be good at attention. And I think the, really, the real reason I was successful on YouTube is because I never started a business. It was never meant to be a business. I was working a great job at IBM, similar to Accenture, right? I never wanted to, to quit that job. It kind of just happened by accident. So I'll tell you the timeline. I was making videos in my mother's basement Right, like January 2019, literally three years ago. And then as time went on, after nine or 10 months, I realized that, hey, my, my videos are picking up steam here. And then I took 20% of my personal income and I invested in a production team. So then they started professionalizing my, my videos and the quality of what I was doing. And then after that, like I still write them a five-figure check every year to get that done for me. And through that, I was able to really scale up the medium. So what's my advice for YouTube? Because YouTube is, is a single advice and then all the other socials completely different. Because the other socials is kind of like college basketball or like high school basketball. YouTube is like, you're, you're playing with all the, the, the Olympians of content creators of, of the world. So, so here's what I would say. YouTube, you really need to have a mission. Clients will come but the mission needs to come first. Like for me, in the same way you two have this podcast, it was really important for me that this information existed for free. Because at the end of the day, and that's why I love, I love talking to other people in my industry, we can't coach everybody, right? It's like, you know, you're going to have 200 clients at the very most or 300, up to 300, and that's it. Like there's like millions of other people. So for me, it was like, okay, it was important for me to share this for free, regardless if I made money from it. And that mission is what keep me consistent. It took me two and a half years, guys, to get to 10,000 subscribers. And the only reason I got to 10,000 was because of Clubhouse. And Clubhouse was a whole other nut game itself. Bro, and it's worthless now, honestly. But when it started at the beginning, the early innings, I was spending eight, 10 hours a day on it. It was nuts. Like I was nuts. And it wasn't even for clients. I just wanted to be the person on Clubhouse. So last piece is just the advice on social in general. Here's an easy tip I can share with people. Make a list of the top five or 10 questions that your clients ask you about your business and what you do and create content around those questions where the content is just your answers to those questions because that's what's going to attract prospects and also people to watch your stuff. I love that. And this is a great tip for all of our listeners out there. If you want to gain some followers, why aren't you answering the questions? They all have questions. Why aren't you answering them? Don't make them have to pay you first. Yes. Give them value. And when you provide the value, they will ask for more. And when they ask for more, that's how they become a paying client. So I want to let our audience know, and, 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 and I want Brandon to give his thoughts as well. But, you know, Dave and I recently released our first book. And it was always a lifelong dream to 
partner with my identical twin brother to do something together. And we happened to have separate paths. David went the business route. I went the engineering route. And we wind up doing the same thing, which is training and coaching people and speaking. And so we finally wrote our first book. It is called Talk It Up, A Guide to Successful Speaking. Brandon, for a person like yourself who does incredible work every single day with your clients, what is on your bookshelf of must-read? And what are you doing to keep yourself up-to-date, so-called professionally? Absolutely. First of all, congratulations on the book, you two. I, I think it's so cool that both of you are twin brothers and you're both in the same industry and you're all working together. I think that's super fun because I feel business can be really lonely and I'm super grateful for my business partner as well, who unfortunately isn't a twin, but you know, it's okay. It's a, it's a cool second place. So I think, uh, I think it's really cool that you two are doing that. Yeah. I would say for me, my bookshelf is really small actually, because I don't read a lot of books. I'm not good at that. I listen to a lot of podcasts though, but there is one book I read that, and recommend in the context of our conversation that not a lot of people do. And the book is called Thirst by Scott Harrison. So Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. He started a nonprofit to help people gain access to clean drinking water. And what's nice about the book is it's a practical example of how somebody used storytelling and communication to genuinely change the world. Charity Water is the biggest water charity in America. Scott has raised like half a billion dollars of of raise in in money over like the last like what 12 13 years since it started so it's pretty crazy to see what scott has been able to do and he has a great quote as well in the book and the quote is as follows the goal is not to live forever but rather create something that will and i always asked myself what am i creating in this world that will live forever and that ended up being what i'm doing today brandon that's awesome i love that and it's so important to be able to say which book or what resonates with you what motivates you and even when you look at podcasts i'm a podcaster i love listening to podcasts i'll download one or i'll be driving in a car and i say oh i need to be inspired i'll put this one on or i need someone just to kind of cut me right to their face and and i'll pull on a gary v or something and i'm like look i gotta listen to different podcasts and there are different ones that really inspire me and and, and i love that we have the ones that get us going and so that's encouraging to be able to see that you're still pushing yourself you're still challenging yourself so here's my question what's next for you brandon what, what are you working on What's next for Master Talk? What are you trying to do now at this stage of your career? Yeah, for sure, David. Thanks for the question. I would say for me, what's next with Master Talk is really finding a way to impact the world, right? Really scaling what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in the same way you two have, which, which is super amazing to hear. You know, I've had some success as well in business. And now the conversation is more around how do I scale up my followings and my impact so that we can reach more lives and really help people with their communication? I, I really believe that this could be a skill that any human being could master. I mean, if I could go from speaking French as a second language to having a crooked left arm to being a bachelor's degree in accounting of all things to being a communication I'm pretty sure we could all figure it out so that's really the focus is how do I scale the impact I'm currently creating in the world to, to reach more people I love that this is David and the fact that you said scale the impact what do you want to do how do you want to make a difference in the world scale that go after it people will support that if they know you're passionate about it and so it's clear to us and our listeners that you are passionate that you love what you do that you're inspired to make a difference in other people's lives. And I appreciate that. It, for our listeners today, you want to learn more about Brandon, go to his LinkedIn page. Find him on LinkedIn. He's on LinkedIn. You go to his YouTube page. All those resources, just go in there, 
search Master Talk. You're going to find out how to get a hold of him. You're going to find out more information about him. But he's also offering for our listeners a free Zoom interactive training on communication. And you just have to go to rockstarcommunicator.com and you'll be able to get access to that and you'll be able to get more information and time with Brandon. Brandon, thank you for joining my twin and I. Thank you for coming on here, sharing about your experiences, telling our audience, hey, investing with Dave and Dan, what they're doing makes sense. And I hope that we're able to collaborate on many, many projects and have you back on the program. Brandon, thank you again. Thank you, team. What a pleasure. It's such an honor. Really made my day. So thanks for having me in this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.